I like pie. <laughs> let's get dessert after right, this, Kay. <laughs> Once we make our tenth, let's go get dessert and bring it back, Kay. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm just going to start because you guys are idiots. <laughs> All right, welcome to podcast number 27. I'm here with, uh, I don't even know who I'm here with right now. We're, the wheels have already fallen off and we haven't even started at this point. But to my right, we have Jason Rose from McGuire's. Hey there. Hi there, Holder. Yes. To his right, we have Derek Bemis from Detail Works. Good evening, everyone. And then to the left, the man, <laughs> the far left, the daddy of all buffs, Heidi Ho. <laughs> he needs no introduction. I love my puppy. Kevin Brown. <laughs> so we are all out in Irvine, California uh, for the NXT program 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just remembered something. What, what's the date, by the way, of the of the East Coast? I'm getting a lot of emails. I can't remember the date of the... Yeah. September 25th, I believe it is. I think it's 4th. 24th. <laughs> Could be <laughs> not even remotely not close. A couple of wow. Yeah. We'll just guess. So it's either September 4th or 25th. Oh, there goes Kevin. To no, September 24th. September 24th, yep. and it's Through in Baltimore? Maryland, yes. Baltimore, Maryland. Close to Maryland. Or close, close to Baltimore. To Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's by that big tree, you know? Yeah, yeah, you drive corner. by the big uh, shade tree. And is there availability? Is there spots? Is it open? Are we good? Uh, you know. I don't have the head count, the official head count. It's, I think it's going to be full. I think it's going to get to the point where we're going to be maxed out at 80 attendees. Well, I'm glad that I brought That's it up fantastic. then. Yeah, I think that. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm glad we had the conversation. Because now we're we'll turning we're already, lots of people yeah, away. Yes. I think if you 55 go, though, to 60. Obviously, check in with Kevin. Give you the heads up because people sometimes fall out. Yeah. Right? That, oh, yeah. That's continuous. Yeah, so I, what I do in. is I, I take in the request and in chronological order so that if you requested it last year or you know a month or two ago, you're ahead of a guy that requested it two weeks ago. And so it's fair. And then I'm make my contact and make sure you want to go. And then I send an invoice. So that's how it'll go. So somebody that's already asked about this two or three months ago, doesn't need to worry that they're going to get jumped over because it's in order. Mm-hmm. That, right. that being said, I don't have a final tally, but I'm guessing it's, we've already got 50 to 60 people wanting to attend. And they're, now, how do, what do they do? Just email you? Email, Facebook message, text message. All that's listed on the site, and we'll, we'll mention it again on the podcast at the end, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll give it, we'll give the whole rundown. All right. So today's topic, we're going to talk about uh, a couple of different things. We couldn't decide on which one, so I'm sure we'll chat about all of them uh, briefly. But uh, up on the the list today is detailing in a drought. We'll talk about that in a second. We might touch on some polishing and cleaning of emblems. Uh, Kevin and Jason and I just did a video of step by step on how to clean, and then the second part of the video is actually how to uh, you know, polish and detail around the emblems, which is pretty interesting because Kevin has 7,000 little polishers the size of, you know, one inch or half inch or whatever the hell he's got. What is this? What are you showing me? Official dates. Official dates for NXT 2015, Thursday the 24th of September, Friday the 25th, 26th, 27th of uh, September. And so, uh, okay, so the 24th is standard and 25th is advanced, 26th is standard and 27th is advanced class. So I'm sure you can go to buffdaddy.com and find out more details on what's the difference between standard. I could just answer it now at this point. Standard and, and advanced, what's the difference? Uh, we just adjust the time that we spend in the garage mainly. So the, the standard class is the jewel of NXT. It's where you need to be to get a better understanding on how things work, how to troubleshoot, how to finish cars more quickly and uh, more efficiently and to a higher standard. 
And then if you wish to attend another class, you would attend the advanced class. So you, you don't just, we can't just jump you into advanced. You have to attend standard first. Makes sense. And we have, I'd say, half the guys and gals that are coming to standard are also requesting advanced. So they're just banging out two days, yep. you know, first mm -hmm. day, second day. All right. That sounds good. And uh, the last thing we're going to do is answer your Facebook questions, and we have a lot of them. So we're going to get started right now. Detailing in a drought. Now, Mr. Rose, you made a good point about, uh, you know, you, you're all, you all three live in California, obviously, right? Yes. And yeah, the yeah. entire state is in a drought right now. Is that correct? It is, yeah. What does that actually mean for us New Yorkers that don't have that problem? Right now, we're, you're, we're you know, we got canoes in the street right now. We got so much rain. Yeah. Yeah. So we have the opposite problem. You do. So what does that mean for you guys? What's is there? What's the law? Oh, the laws are kicking in. There's actually state uh, laws. There's also county regulations, and now you know mu municipal and city laws are kicking in. So you know, residential people are being instructed they can't have automatic sprinklers going every day of the week. Now you have to go Mondays and Fridays. Depending you on know. your address, yeah, you have yeah. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday. And right. Our, where I live in South Orange County, mandatory maximum time per day is 17 minutes. They actually have it down to the minute? 17 minutes for, for, for all water your lawn. whether it's front, rear, There's nothing gardens, to do with in the everything. house, though, right? Correct. So you can take a shower for two hours kind of thing? I Not everywhere. They're not monitoring that yet, but they've mandated Hello? the... They've oh, mandated you, you've the, been in there a while. <laughs> your, your neighbors have to get together and shower together. And <laughs> oh, <I'll> <laughs> no, they're also doing something fascinating, uh, which is they are offering rebates for people to con actually convert their uh, grass lawns uh, by taking the grass, which is water-hungry, mm -hmm and converting it to a, a material that doesn't require watering. So they'll pay you, basically. The, the government's going to pay you to take out your grass lawn and put something that's uh, permeable to air and water and that doesn't require constant watering. All right, so you're in your driveway, and you're like, you know what, I don't care about this. I'm going to go out here and do it with a fire hose and just yeah. run in, in the sprinklers all night long. What happens? A guy come, who who comes by and says no. Well, whoever in your neighborhood is that Gestapo police that walks around with the clipboard. <laughs> the guy, they're like, and everybody, and like, every neighborhood has. Every one. neighborhood has them. They're like, excuse me, um, you're not supposed to be doing that right now. Yes. And <laughs> save the whales. Yeah. <laughs> so they'll give you a ticket or whatever. I think there is citations, right? Oh, yeah, in some cities, you'll get you a get citations. Fines. Yeah. Okay, so. We've it's a serious thing. Seriously. We have you guys have a legitimate issue here. So, what are the steps to get around this? I guess you, to, in order to wash your car, you mean? In order to detail slash wash your yeah, car. yeah, you got to let the grass die and do the right thing. <laughs> wash, wash your car. car. <laughs> <laughs> right? Got to have your priorities. That's, that's true. <laughs> well, because speaking of that, that's one <clears throat> adjustment that I've made personally is, is is I've gotten out of the driveway to wash my car and I actually pull my car onto my lawn. And wash the car on the lawn, which is slightly genius, I have to say, in front yeah, of him. That is smart. Hopefully, he's not listening. But I kind of saw his head swell <laughs> just a little bit. It's already pretty big. Yeah. Filled up with water. Now, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I read a statistic somewhere that the average consumer wastes 85 to 150 gallons of water washing a car in their driveway with their regular garden hose. Well, have you heard that? I haven't heard that, but that's I don't think I've ever silliness. Used There's no reason to let lot. that water flow when you have these automatic turn off, you know, 
end cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Triggers. Water, water, water nozzles. Yeah. High tech guy. But even from eighty-five to one hundred and fifty, even at the low end of that, that seems. I feel like you have to have me. your hose clamp, you know, spraying the entire yeah. time, like rinsing it down. But it's like running well, it's time. it's a reasonable expectation um, if you do not have those kinds of nozzles that are auto or the call auto shut off. So when you release your trigger or you turn your valve, it turns the water off. Um, if you look at the water flow, typical household water flows, you know, three to five gallons per minute. Three to yeah. five. What yeah. is that? Yeah, well, the seventy-five. Faucet? It's Out like, of the faucet. It's, Standard 75 PSI. Yeah. So if you think about that, think about the gallonage flowing through that hose. How long does it take, you know, to rinse, wash, and then rinse? Yeah. It's easily you can do 50 gallons. Well, I look at it from my mobile huh. detailing point of view. So I run, a, you know, I, I carry a 65-gallon tank on my trailer. If I'm running really lean, I can wash 14 cars with 50, 65 gallons. So... In my eyes, I'm saving water. Mm -hmm. In yeah. reality, it, it hasn't changed in the last you know 25 years mm -hmm. we've been doing business. That's, but that's efficient. But that's just what we do. I mean, it's you know it's it's a gallon and a half per minute maybe. It, but it's right it's because I also ran a 60 gallon tank, and at a gallon a minute, I could wash one to two cars. But again, it depends on how dirty the car. If you're doing fender wells and everything. Right. Is it is it crazy to think maybe this is just me being nuts? But can't you just go to like Costco, or do you get in trouble still? Go to Costco and buy like the five dollar thing of jugs of water or whatever, and then go out and just douse your car and then try to wash it. It doesn't well, like rain out here. It's not like heavy dirt. No, you actually have a situation where people in apartment complexes and things like that, where they don't physically have a place to wash their car. I've seen that actually happen there. They're getting water buckets and water containers. They can't yell out. at you for that. It's they're drinking water. They're out on the water. street washing their yeah. car. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess so. It's pretty the guy comes by and he's like, what are you doing? And you're like, well, find the hose. Like, there's no hose. It's right. Just a well, yeah. Well, the issue there is the discharge on the ground. So when you're washing a car, it takes the dirt and grime off your car and transfers onto the ground. And the detergents. And detergents, That's any kind of soaps thing. you're using. So if the drainage on that street or wherever you are is going into the uh, storm, drains. You know, storm drains, then that's a major no-no for Californians in a, in a lot of areas. Hmm. I actually have a customer who's, a, I'll be as vague as possible, who's uh, in the soft drink business, some high up guy. And he's saying that they're having a lot of trouble in California because people are, are protesting the company because they or one of the bigger ones, if I said it, you guys would know it, uh, who make bottled water. So people, they're actually selling more soda than they are statistically than water. Because oh, people are like anti... I was like, what are you talking about? It's like, yeah, that's what I'm dealing with out in California. Mm. It's like, whoa. That's uh, quite an issue to, to be boycotting water or whatever the hell they're doing. <laughs> yeah. It's just a little weird, but... Dude. All right, so let's let's do some definitive steps and then move on to something else. So what, what can these people do who are listening saying, okay, guys, yeah, it's official. California has a drought. Wash it on the lawn. So cover the guy who wants to wash it in his driveway. I think, hey, if, if, if it's legal, buy $5, five gallons. I think they're, what, like a dollar or two a gallon, you know, at the supermarket. Go and do whatever you need to do with those and be as uh, frugal as you possibly can with the water. But what about a pro? Well, in, in, on the pro level, though, there's a lot of, waterless yep. products that mm -hmm. enable you to do a great job on a car. Do you know of any Different companies way. that make waterless washes? Maybe one. <laughs> <laughs> we have, may have a representative here today from that company. 
Yeah, so the rinseless and the and the rinse, you know, waterless and rinseless type approaches that are not only on the pro side but on the consumer retail products that yes. are readily available anywhere. Anybody can go into any you know Walmart, AutoZone, wherever, uh, or online and actually get um, not only Meguiar's but other brands. You can get products that are designed to clean a car without a pre-rinse of water or a post-rinse of water. So they're a way of, you know, spraying on a liquid, wiping it with a towel that will emulsify and encapsulate dirt to mitigate that scratching. So when you come by and wipe it off, you're cleaning your car without having to, you know, flush it with water. Now, what's the, what's the risk in terms of if, if 100% perfection or whatever you want to call it? So zero is getting tons and tons of scratches and, you know, uh-huh. wa- washing it with rocks. And 100 is the world's greatest wash where nothing happens on a perfectly black soft uh paint car yeah if you get a perfect wash where is i'm putting you on the spot here where is the best uh waterless Waterless wash is it it it, you know are you i'm looking for you to say something like i don't know if this is right but it's 70 percent, and it's a it's a second option second tier option like washing a car is always the right way free-flowing water is always the best or am i wrong well are you are you talking about in relation to the impact on the car's paint, that's or one hundred percent. That's the, my yeah. entire focus. Okay. Not on not on the environment, or, which uh-huh. are other important things. But yeah, right so now. here here's a here's an approach in a drought situation. But are we impacting the car negatively? Is that what you're asking? Mm-hmm. And yeah. if so, how by what percentage do you think? Well, here's here's a reality in the way I look at it: is any time you touch a car, and I don't care what method you're using, any time you're touching a car, you're doing some level. Of micro scratching. Right. So, so with water or I otherwise, believe. you're saying. Yeah, and even okay. traditional, traditional washing. So, in, 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 you know, the way I look at it is, you're always doing some level of scratching. Now, there's some approaches that will do less, some approaches that will do more. And the way I see it is, if you looked at the average car washing that goes out on, tr- let's call it traditional hose and bucket kind of washing, right? If you look at the way the average person is doing that. They're actually scratching their car more the way they're currently doing it than by using these alternative rinse-free products. Uh, that's actually doing less scratching than some of the ways people are normally washing. Is their it because car. of the use of the microfiber towel and constantly rotating that? Well, the chemistry of the sprayable product it emulsifies dirt, uh, pulls it away from the paint surface. And it encapsulate encapsulate it, lubricates the particle so that when you do come by with the towel and wipe it, it's treated. It's a treated particle at that point that you can wipe it and you're not dry wiping, mm-hmm. you know, and scratching your car. But the way most people, and I'm not putting people down, but the average consumer hasn't been educated enough to really know how to do a traditional wash on their car. And they're doing lots of scratching the way they're doing it now. Mm-hmm. So... My answer to you would be, yeah, there's there's scratching pretty much every time you're touching your car, you're doing some level of scratching. But if you do a waterless or a rinse-free product, in a lot of cases, that's scratching less than most people do a traditional wash. Mm, I, I didn't think so, of it that way. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Any other points you guys want to make before we well, hop on something else? Yeah, I think that the other thing that consumers may mm. want to know is that it's as simple as going on YouTube to finding out how to do that the proper way. Yeah. You know, it's it's not like you gotta to go to a detail class to figure out how to do you know, rent free car washing. Mm-hmm. There's yeah dozens and dozens 
of videos right on YouTube or on the internet anywhere mm -hmm. about. I actually need to do a video on that. That's a, that's a pretty good idea. One video I haven't done. Sure, yeah. that would be a great topic, especially given a lot of states in the West have you know drought issues right now. What about I, you? I like the idea that what Derek's utilizing, which is a low gallon per minute high pressure washer. Yeah, you can go to your your do it yourself, you know, Home Depot or you know Lowe's, whatever have mm. pick up a pressure washer for a hundred and twenty, hundred and fifty bucks, eighty dollars, yeah, so you're one sixty nine, and you're in business. You're you're using higher pressure and less water you're cutting your to water do the work. You, down to like a tenth. Yeah, the work goes down. And the quality of the wash goes up. You can I rinse agree. out fender wells and debris out of the cowl area and bugs off the windshield, and yeah. it just makes it a lot more powerful uh, approach. And then, what if you what if you did that? I think that's a good compromise. What if somebody did that and then used the waterless wash, <clears throat> as opposed to just you know two buckets and the whole nine yards? You think it'd be okay to rinse it down and then use the waterless wash, dry it, you're done. Yeah, that's called a hybrid wash. It's kind of blending oh, so two in different conjunction. Yeah, right. yeah, you could even use the two foaming. methods. Yeah, the foamer. You know, it, it it allows for more cling time for the soap. So you'd start out by foaming, foam soaping the car. How much would that take? A quart of water, maybe. Right. Let it sit there in the shade for thirty, sixty seconds. Let it let it latch on and do its work because these are high tech car wash solutions. Rinse it, and then switch to your waterless wash or rinse uh -huh. free yeah. and, do and you're going to have wipe a, down and you're yeah. going to have a gallon yeah. invested in the initial soaping and rinsing and then you're going to transition to this i think you get the best of both worlds the big debris knocked off so minimize scouring that way and then go to your water right your waterless wash yeah that's a One viable and, approach and i think deciding which approach really is kind of born out of the condition of the car so we think of dirty cars and having to clean cars well not all cars have the same level of dirt on them mm -hmm. so you can think of dirt as you know heavy medium and light and if you have light dust on a car you certainly don't need to pressure wash the thing you can well, jump you can right in and down, do a, yeah. a rinse-free product right from the get-go there mm -hmm. but yeah. if it's muddy and grimy and dirty then of course yeah pressure wash would be a great approach you got to look at the whole picture uh, how many towels are you going to use on the waterless yeah. wash? And then you're all hot and sweaty for working for an hour and a half, so you go take a shower, and how many gallons of water does that take? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I didn't right. think about that. I mean, if you look at the big picture of things, it kind of makes sense. You go well, jump in your pool, and when you're done, you yeah, take, boom, a, yeah, take a shower. Yeah. And, uh, a little water, cannonball. <laughs> it goes 20 gallons right out the pool. Well, I could just hose you down with the pressure water. Well, you know, it's something some that water. You know, it can become <laughs> silly, right? It, it can become silly. The, the length should go to minimize using a product in one task but it causes you to use more in the others, mm. the washing, the, you the shower. You smart about it. Yeah, you really exactly. Do. Yeah, I, I, dir I dirtied up 25 towels on my, you know, dirty car, and now I'm going to throw them in a load of wash. Yeah, get a big Use bucket, another five gallons. Stand in the bucket in the morning, shower in that, then use that to wash your car. Right. There you go. Yeah. That's Weed. actually pretty interesting. I didn't think about and any of that stuff. And dump it on your You're going to use a lot more towels mm -hmm. when you're going to wash them. Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting. So there you go. You, uh, you have the method. I'm not really sure. Uh, I feel like we promoted lots of things that the government probably wouldn't want us to. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. All right, so we shot a video this afternoon, uh, like I said before, with Jason and Kevin about uh, uh, really crazy. I say this all the time, but I do get a lot of emails about very particular random topics, and one of them is, what do I do? How do I um, polish? How do I clean and then compound polish, uh, that sort of thing, on uh, emblems? 
And so we did a video on that and um, I'm promoting it, you know, through this uh, podcast. But in the next, uh, is somebody yelling outside? No, mm-hmm. kids. Kids will play. Children. Don't they know that we're doing a podcast? <laughs> the <natives>. <laughs> <laughs> Don't anger the natives out here. Uh, I think uh, they want to be on wow. the podcast. You would think so. <laughs> um, so we'll start with you because that's the way the video went. Well, the video is going to be up in a couple of weeks. but uh, You meaning who? Meaning you. Oh. <laughs> the one he's looking at. Yeah. They can, they can they see can through see the podcast. Look- yeah. They see I'm winking at you. Uh, so to clean um, around emblems. So the car is great. It looks amazing. I just washed it. I'm about to go out and have a good time and blah, blah, blah. And you look at the emblems and there's this white, you know, booger sitting on the side of the right. thing there. And you're like, oh, man. So a lot of people have asked, how do I clean that without damaging the rest of the paint around it? Right. What are your thoughts? Well, I think first comment would be on prevention and, you know, uh, if you are the only one maintaining your car and you're the only one on it, mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, you're the, you're the one to blame for getting that stuff mm-hmm. on there. So yeah. I think, you know, you just kind of try and stay away from that. You can get like an eighth of an inch close to it every time you're waxing or polishing and um, just try to avoid, you know, shoving a bunch of stuff in the crevices around emblems. But having said that, uh, there are times that, you accidentally do it or you get a car that's not yours and you're, you got that stuff in there. So there's, there's a different, a wide variety of ways to clean that stuff. Um, a lot of folks try and jump right in with uh, degreaser, you know, and they spray degreaser and try and scrub that out. I've actually seen scratches from brushes where, you know, around the emblems where they scrubbed it with degreaser. And mm. so the the thing about degreaser is, that, yeah, it's a cleaner and it'll cut through stuff. It's effective. It'll clean. Yeah, it'll go go through the, the I'm crud. Sure if it's efficient, but. <laughs> um, but the concern I have about that is, um, especially if you're in a dry, hot situation, that cleaner can dry quickly on the paint surface and potentially stain mm-hmm. if it's allowed to dry you know, before you rinse it. Yeah. And we, the other thing we talked about on camera is, you know, all purpose cleaners typically going to, it's, it's some sort of, it's not going to be, it's not going to like glue and, yeah. and all your emblems nowadays are it's stuck straight, on. They're yeah. stuck on. So it's certainly not a great idea. To yeah. Do you leave that on there. It'll start eating away at it. I like the ideas that you guys should on the video using the mist and white products, whether mm-hmm. it be the last touch or the final inspection, mm-hmm. not going to hurt the paint. Mulsifies any kind of dirt that would be on there, loosens up any, hard wax or mm-hmm. compounds, and then using the appropriate tool, whether it be well, fine those brush, little, those little bamboo sticks, bamboo things, things like that. Yeah. Jackhammer. Right, just... right. <laughs> but, but beyond even just getting wax out of there, most people just have grime in there from washing through their cars and not going through it with even just a soft brush and some mist and wipe. I mean, that's a really effective way on a semi-regular basis to keep that area clean if you are that meticulous about your car, think, which most of us are. Yeah, I think uh, when, when we did the F40 video, Kevin and I, 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 I got to put it on the, the video that we're going to shoot. I saw you, you know, when we were washing, you, you know, you used a little brush and got in the, the, the grill of the F40, which was all, you know, bugs or whatever in there. So I don't think we do that enough. I think that's like a step that's not really thought about anymore when you're washing a car to actually use to get into the emblems. I can't tell you the last time I got a brush during the wash process. Yeah. And just mm. did a quickie little whatever. It's usually, you know, you do it with the wash mitt and then you're on to something else. Yeah. I think that's another little aspect that we probably could av- we could avoid the future issues by just doing that. To me, that's the most convenient time to do the emblems. It is. You have yeah, your suds up on the panel already. And I actually have a long bristle horsehair brush specifically for that purpose. And it's thrown in 
with the same wash mitt in the bucket, you know, mm. so I'm interchanging going back and forth on the car. So it's actually, like you said, it's a great time. You're already sudsed up. You can just agitate a little bit around the emblems and then you keep washing the panel. Yeah. If you have steam available, knock it out with steam. That's always helpful. Blows it out. PSI, would you say 75 PSI, something like that. Uh-huh. And then of course, uh, had a brain fart. Oh, air. Compressed air yeah, is always a good one. Air. So those, that's the, uh, giving you the short uh, synopsis of what the video is going to be about, but definitely take a look at the video. Then I went over and I I had uh, Kevin show me all of his, you know, dentistry tools or whatever the hell he's <laughs> whatever he is. the one inch little mini whatever polishers strategic polishing yes. tool yeah. oh, strategic that should strategic. be on his website strategic polishing a little a little thing on his website you know shop uh, Kevin Brown's method and strategic polishing tools the SPT right. mechanisms mechanisms right. the SPT uh, along with a highfalutin name for the uh, washer mod yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the t-shirt with all your little rotational restorational device. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, man. Where'd, where'd you get that thing? Home Depot. <laughs> Can I? I want to discuss the emblems a little bit more because I feel like I'm not doing due diligence if we avoid where you have a detailer out there because this is for detailers and enthusiasts mm-hmm. alike. But there's going to be detailers out there screaming, "Good luck!" trying to get water spot, you know, uh, mineral deposits out of there just using something like final inspection and Good a little point. polish. Good and point. so how do we go after those oh, yeah. drastic yeah. ones without damaging the car? And so right. I have to be I have to be wise and warn you that if you use acids that are too strong, they're going to remove that mineral, but they could potentially long term cause damage to your paint by changing its ability to expand and contract or be pliable and elastic in nature. So, Or the emblem itself. Well, you're yeah, to clean around. but, you know, the, the big question is how strong, of, if detergents are bad, then so are acids. Um, so I like the steam idea a lot because that causes expansion. Probably more expansion on the paint than the mineral itself, so it allows it to loosen up. Mm. So steam works by, you know, making extremes in expansion and contraction, right? You come up with this stuff. You're, you're, you're on a different hey, planet. I went to high school, man. <laughs> not, not the high school I went to. Holy moly! I made it through high school. I'm not gonna lie, it wasn't easy. I feel like I need to get you it. like an easel and like a whiteboard. Here's the expanding. Oh and I well, it. I just remember that if I had the information coming to me when I was detailing and it didn't cover what I was really thinking, I would think that's not that mm. doesn't help me in an extreme case. And there are a lot of extreme cases. It's not just water spots from sprinklers. When it rains outside, you've got every mineral known to man thrown at your car at high speed, and it it, la- yeah. it lands in there in puddles, and the water evaporates, and the minerals stay there. And over time, if you don't clean those, they build up, and they mechanically mechanically attach to dirt. Now you've got dirt, and you've got minerals stuck to the paint. So you have to loosen that up. So if you're going to go that route, and you have an extreme case, you use a car wash soap, which is a mild detergent usually, agitate the area, rinse it. Then you have gotten you've gotten rid of all the dirt or, or grime now you just have the mineral now go after that with a mild acid and that's the big question what's the mild acid well you know you can start with vinegars and such they don't tend to work that great but give that a try first and then go up in scale and you have to know that when you go up in scale on a ph it's not it's not a gradual it's exponential right jason you know you go from a 10 to 1 dilution down to a 5 to 1 dilution you didn't just double the strength. You yeah. maybe quadrupled. 
Yeah, you're talking about magnitudes of factors of ten. Yeah. So, so maybe in that case, if you if you utilize vinegar in conjunction with steam, it becomes very strong, and maybe that will do the job. So I would say that you're safe using acids such as oxalic acid. They're slow reacting acids designed for polished aluminum and things like mm -hmm. that. And you and use that diluted. Always go diluted. You can always go up, but mm. it doesn't take much to make that product work. And then go to your tr traditional polishes to take away the oxidation that's either was there or you created by drying out the top coat of the paint with the acid and detergents. All right, so let's assume that it's now contaminant free, but it's now got some scratches or swirls or whatnot. It's so easy to take care of. It's just go like polishing the, paint anywhere. Go at that over point. the three things. So the first one would be your finger, right? Yeah. So your application technique would be as simply as taking a little dab of mild polish, putting on your finger or thumb and rubbing it in there in a very thin amount so that you're not pushing it into all the gaps and, and making seams. more work for you. Exactly. Yeah. And then you use a soft microfiber towel, put, push that in there. If we happen to be working on a zero, like a, on, on a truck that we were working on in the video, mm -hmm. put the towel in there and twist left and right and pull the towel out, look for dirt, move to a clean area, continue on and do that until you've got the emblem itself and the paint looking how you want it. All right. What if you can't get your finger all the way in? Some of the, some of the emblems, you know, have are beveled or whatever you want to call it, and so you can't get your finger all the way in there. So how would you well, clean around that? If uh, the next least uh, damaging approach would be a very soft bristle brush. Derek actually had his makeup brushes there. <laughs> hey. Well, I know you're not using them, but they were. They're I had actually to powder very, my nose today. I was on film. Very <laughs> fine hair. Very fine strand. Uh, horsehair, yeah. Horsehair brushes yep. and real delicate. And you just go in there and you apply polish again. And you dab at the corners and dab at the edges of the, of the seams of the emblems. Agitate that way and then switch over to the microfiber towel to remove it. If you can't remove it all, you would rinse it out with something like final inspection. Something designed to loosen up debris in a safe manner on automotive paint. That's the process mm -hmm. I use. Yeah. You go ahead in there and you blast it. High pressure on the trigger. Mm, get really close. Rinse it, and if you want to, you can use compressed air to, so it doesn't leak out over the next hour, causing another <laughs> problem. All right. So if you want to be a super nerd like you are, you want to yeah. up, you know up your game and use some sort of power instead of your hands. We go to a small diameter buffing pad, either microfiber string. We like the microfiber because when you spin that, um, it, it the, centripetal force. Yeah, causes the strings to straight out like you know your fingers going straight at mm. high speed circling it can get into the gaps of the underneath the uh, emblem and clean that out mm -hmm. so again you might be pulling dirt again check check the, the strings to make sure they're not debris laden if they are change it or rinse it out switch to a foam pad and it's just like polishing automotive paint on a really small scale it is automotive paint but it's like polishing on a very small scale and it's drama-free that way. And you want to protect your emblems. Those emblems, they can be very delicate. They can be coated with chrome, but it's very thin, and it wouldn't take much to damage them uh, permanently to remove the coating, the silver, the the anodizing, the, the plasticized colorings and things like that. I think uh, I think the video is going to do pretty well. And if you guys are, if you guys are interested, I think the most uh, interesting part, let's call it, <laughs> is the ending <laughs> with, with all of us. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna let the cat out of the bag too much here, but uh, we 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 had Kevin uh, close close the video, and it was I was Larry for a day. Yes, it, was, <laughs> and it did not go well. No, 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 no. I, I think I gained a little uh, you know respect in, in closing videos because we, right. we we did it only for 20 minutes to try to close the. Now you know how good you truly are. Well, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll put you on the spot again. What what was the closer? Do your closer right now. 
If you have any more questions or comments, you can reach me at Larry at MONYC.com. <laughs> Something like that. Close have a up. nice day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have a nice day. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for watching. If you have any questions, shoot me an email. Larry at MONYC.com. Thanks yeah, for watching. We'll that's see what you. I said. Yeah, just, yeah, just like that. Just like that. <laughs> Professional. I've done that before. Yeah. After 20 minutes. <laughs> have to re repeat yourself 25,000 times in three years. <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of flows right out. All right, oh, let's hop boy. into some Facebook questions. We are uh, we're halfway through the uh, the podcast with the boys, and the first question on uh, Ammo NYC Facebook page: Douglas Nelson asks, "What is the most? I guess this is for anyone. Uh, what is the most painstaking detailing job, and what was the worst mistake you've ever made on a detailing vehicle?" And uh, Kevin is pointing. I'm pointing at Derek because he's got a couple of that I can recall where it was like, "Wow, that's a big task." Yeah. I remember. Lincoln Zephyr, is that what you're talking about? The 39 Lincoln Zephyr? I remember a sanding job you tackled a couple of years ago that's like, wait, that's not automotive paint. Is that sand that's coated in some green stuff? Or what, yeah. was, what was the story? It looked like wall texture. Yeah, wall texture. I was just showing you those pictures. Oh, this afternoon. that's the one we were talking the about? 39. It was a 37 Lincoln Zephyr, yeah, at Ron Mangus's shop. Came down from Canada. It had texture worse than your wall texture. Yeah. It was. And how did it turn insane. out? It turned out flawless, but it was a. 240-hour sanding, buffing, that looked like fandango. A, that looked like a nightmare. I mean, it wasn't like orange peel. I don't know what the next step worse of orange peel is. Stucco. Stucco. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. yeah. It looked yeah. like runny stucco. And then you had a... We, uh, we started leveling that with 600 grit and, oh and pine blocks. Hard, hard, blocks. hard, long blocks. Yeah, because yeah. we had so much surface area to come through. How much paint was on there? Do you remember? I mean, it was how did there be a lot of paint? We didn't mic it because it, it was so uneven and on so many different places. But the guy guaranteed me there was at least seven coats of clear on it. Oh my gosh, that's so. And and it turned out. Yeah, it turned out phenomenal. Yeah, I feel like you could, at, at six hundred with a pine block. I feel like you can go outside with. That's the, where we started with duct tape. <laughs> reverse it and go outside and just go in the parking lot and pick up all the rocks and yeah. then come across the. Yeah, there's my this free sandpaper. And then the other one that I was impressed with was uh, the framework on the the imposter. Oh, the frame. Yeah, the framework was tedious. That was extremely tedious. And Jason Rose helped mm. me with the engine compartment on that. That was. Yeah, so very you know, tedious. Tell us about job. all these pockets and what you had to do to the, this this frame of a car. Well, not only that, but the the undercarriage, which was the cross link between the transmission, which held that in place. Oh, did you show me that and picture? The differential, yes. That, yeah. that I spent the twenty hours. There's like in. little. There was like little pockets in each <clears throat> little section. It wasn't yeah, a flat thing. As big as you know, different odd shapes of pockets that are no more than two to three inches in length and maybe an inch and a half in depth. That you could do nothing but hand sand. And then hand polish. What a you know, the one inch, the one inch tools that you, you made me were ones. very helpful. Yeah, Kevin saved my life on that. But still, hours and hours of handwork on that. Yeah, but they all came out great. And there was, you know, we went through on a couple of edges. We had to retouch with clear and stuff. But very tedious work. In terms um, of in terms of size, would you say the airplane that that the Freedom One plane was? In terms of real estate, would you? Consider yeah, oh, square footage. I'd say that's like the largest vehicle. Right, we've done. It had to oh, be the largest yeah. one you've ever yeah. done. What's bigger than a jumbo jet that has wheels? <laughs> I mean, not it was pretty intense. Yeah, two, I, it's a two lot of, of <laughs> lot of surface area on that vehicle. All right, let's. So, uh, what about mistakes? What about the was one of the the, the 
the question was uh, what was what was like a I don't know let's say remem- a re- a memorable memorable mistake you made a mistake yeah a mistake that you could mm. uh, pass along any information that would be useful to people listening well, I would say it wasn't critical but a simple process such as applying a, a rubber dressing onto some trim you know take the nineteen forty Ford or several cars in the early years where they mate a fender to the body in that seam where they would bolt it together, they usually run a, they'll run a vinyl strip a material, soft material, a belt or a, a leather or vinyl, so that the two panels don't bash against each other or crunch and break the paint and you know mm-hmm. protect it. So after I spent, oh, I don't know, 30 or 40 hours doing a, a simple sanding job on a 1940 Ford, I thought, well, it's time to dress all the trim around the rubber, around the windows, the that seam, seaming in between the fenders and such. And I, I pulled an amateur move. I just dressed everything and went to wipe it off. When it didn't wipe off, it, it actually, the, the oily residue wiped off, but the dressing I was using has a built-in cleaning agent designed to clean your vinyl or your rubber as it applies the dressing. Well, this paint was very soft, very old, crispy, crusty, and it etched it. It actually, it didn't, everybody oh, calls oh, it staining, oh but it's actually dissolving the paint it looks like a stain where you applied it but it etches it so this is the one you stayed like overnight to... yeah it's like okay everywhere i don't want to ever buff again i have to yeah, take right. away etching all the, and all it's 10 30 yeah. and i thought i'd be out of there by five anyway so i didn't bring dinner you know and that's where you just say okay i'm starting at the back of this fender and oh mr taillight i'll see you in seven hours because mm. i'm going to go around the car the other way and mm. that's what i did i had to start right there oh. didn't have the one inch two inch stuff I had two inch, but I had to start right there, both sides of the, you know, the side of the fender, the side of the body, all the way around the car. And yeah. uh, the, the customer comes out and says, I, he had come out at 1030 and said, how much longer? I said, oh, I'm going to be here all night. I just yeah. really made a big mistake. And 545, are you out there still? I said, I sure am, yeah. but your car's done. It's cooking for breakfast. So, right? yeah. <laughs> Should have tested it. Should have done a test yeah. spot. Anybody else better. with a quick one? No, moving uh-huh. on. All right, Kyle. Uh, mm, Kyle. Uh, Kyle. Kyle. Yeah, Kyle. It doesn't. Now, it, now it didn't a, register. Now a now a Nick. Now a Dick. Whatever. Kyle, we love you, anyways. How do you? What do you think the industry is going to be? How is it going to be different in five years? Basically, that's a Jason Rose question. Ooh. Well, I think some of the trends that are currently in place, I think they're going to continue. Um, innovation in the tool category, I think, is just going to keep going. There's momentum in the tool category that is not going to stop anytime soon. Mm. It seems to be like a like a like a uh, an arms race. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. this guy's got more power yeah. than this guy. Then this thing comes out, and then mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure we'll do another podcast about the grows versus you know, yeah. you know that that thing. Uh, so I think that's going to still continue to pace forward, and you're going to you know see innovations like. You know, in the mini tool segment, you're going to see a lot more mini tools. You're going to see cordless because uh, battery, ba- cool. battery technology, battery technology has gotten to the point. The you know, and what we need as detailers is we, you know, there's, there's lots of cordless tools. Let's look at under other industries. There's cordless tools being used all over the place. But in our industry and what we're trying to do, we need polishers that have torque behind them. So that battery technology has got to be able to handle powering through you know, torque. And so I think we're, we're almost there and, you know, there's development work being done right now. So 
you know, I think in five years, um, if, if you look at the last five years, mm. look at what happened in the last five it's years. Just an abrasive technology alone. It, yeah. Just industry changing products. Yeah. I mean, and amazing. I think there'll be changes in paint that are going to, you know, throw a monkey wrench. Uh, a lot of detailers, I think, are going to have to make adjustments and manufacturers will have to make adjustments in formulation. So. I, I guess the main message I'm saying is that the change that we've experienced in the last five years, I think, is going to continue to happen. Mm -hmm. You're going to continue to see change. Mm. Larry, you and I were discussing cars being completely wrapped. That was my. That was the next Tip thing. Tip to tail. Yeah, I do and more of that now than anything. They want it restored, perfect paint. You know, the paint looks great, whatever. And then when you put a wrap on, in all honesty, it, it could be less than perfect. And when you put the wrap on. It's per you you couldn't I mean it it looks amazing the and now with the new technology of these these wraps yeah they're shinier than anything that I could ever create and it's sort of like okay uh I just did that car but I'm probably never gonna see it again in ten years unless I have to rewrap it right so it's yeah. a little, it's the love hate. Thing. And yeah. these films are, you know, scratch resistant and they're self healing. Self -healing and they're and crazy stuff. shiny. Just crazy gloss. Yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, I, I see that happening more. And as it becomes more popular, I think the price is going to come down because there's going to be a lot more competitors. So instead of, uh, I don't know, to, to wrap a full car, uh, full car is anywhere from seven to $12,000 and being very wide range. I don't know what car we're talking about, small or large, but it's, it's a lot of time and, you know, and money and people are going to spend that. But I think over time, if it starts getting to the three, four, five thousand dollar range, that's gonna that might put a hurt on. Well, the high end detailing industry yeah, is gonna be changed dramatically. Mm -hmm. The roofs is gonna be hanging on the wall, and you know I'm gonna have razor blades cutting you know right, wraps squeegees, right? Squeegees, <laughs> yeah, squeegees and razor blades, yeah. <laughs> Heat gun and squeegee. Yep, <laughs> that's gonna be the new tools of, of the changing with the trends. Mm -hmm. All right, let's uh, let's continue here. We've got about ten more minutes uh, before we both. All of us pass out. What's the best way to dry a car? Big fluffy towel or waffle weave? Do you think using drying aid offers a big help towards drying? I think everybody who knows AMO and knows me know that I have pretty strong opinions on that, but I'll reserve those for the second, for the, for the minute. Anybody have a... I'm favorable to the waffle weave. Yeah, me too. Kevin? Mm. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> no he, he wants everyone at home to uh, <laughs> understand that he was listening. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the microfiber towel because uh, I, I think I don't think anyone, even even these masters I'm sitting with, have washed the car 100% perfect. Nor have we detailed the car 100% perfect. I always say that one percent, assuming you could get it to 99, goes yeah. to the detailing gods every time. But uh -huh. that's like the right. the price that you pay to be in detailing. I like but. the I like the way cotton works. Still, however, I realize that it's going to cause more damage as you dry versus microfiber. Mm -hmm. I just like the way that when cotton dries, it shrivels, and when water hits it, you know, it expands and pulls it in. Now, Meguiar's experimented or actually marketed a towel called the, the Duo Towel, right? Mm -hmm. It was cotton and microfiber. Mm -hmm. It just didn't work out the way that it was intended. I, I think if you, linting if, was a problem, possibly, mm, what the problem yeah. was. If you wet a microfiber towel and then wring it out, yeah, I mean, it's got some pretty good properties. So no. is it as good as a waffle weave? No, but I think it's more uh, effective. It's not as efficient at removing water because it doesn't absorb the water. Yeah. But because we're fallible human beings, I, I think you always – you know a little triangle that you miss on the fender wall all the time because you're going down and then you're going yep. this way and there's a little triangle? 
for example, but so you're missing stuff or you wash it. And let's say you are the greatest washer in the world. But by the time you get from one side to the other, there's dust, there's crap floating around. Yeah, it's going it's yeah. it, to hit the, hit the water. There's guys that use blowers and, and yeah. And, and you know, I just think the microfiber you can wipe and it'll pick up any of that junk that you missed. And it's going to be like, when you're done with it, you take it and you put it in your, in your, uh, you know, in your bag to get washed or whatever. Most of the people that I see, you know, in the driveway, maybe not so much professionals, but they have, the, you know, they pop the plastic thing off the squeegee, you know, the the, the round uh, cylinder thing that yes, everybody yeah. has, and they pop it off, and they, they've had it since 1962, and they pull the thing out, and it's moldy and whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how often? Tell us how you feel about that. <laughs> I just, I don't, you don't clean it enough or whatever, so you're just contaminating the paint every time, and then, you know, <laughs> every <laughs> Okay. You know what I'm talking about yeah, now? Yeah, like yeah, like yeah. the thing that like, <laughs> and, like pops open. And, like, oh <laughs> boy! <laughs> well, again, people that use blowers are what's the popular? master blaster? Yeah, that's a good idea. Unless you're like me, where I was an outside detailer in a parking lot. I, the last thing I wanted to do was be blowing dust everywhere. So I, actually, <laughs> I would actually use my shop vac and vacuum every crevice. Wow! It took that's a while impressive. too, and I got pretty that's good impressive. at using my shop finger back. and stuff. Oh yeah, every oh, car, every yeah. car was the lug nut holes. And we should do a windows. we should do a whole segment on just the weird stuff that he did. Vacuuming it was the water off of a car, I love it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at him, he's like, yeah, idiot. Of course, you don't vacuum. <laughs> you don't vacuum. Why would you do car? that? You do it pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can have a whole half an hour on seatbelt cleaning. I use DIY. We should. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I need to do one on that. I'm gonna wake up in the middle of the night in this room and be like, huh, vacuuming, <laughs> vacuuming <laughs> the outside of the car, <laughs> vacuum the water off this car. Wow. Hey man, whatever. Forget you guys, man. KBM nightmares. <laughs> yes. KBM. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you know I love you, Kevin. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we have our ways of of drying the car, microfiber towel, and hydrate. I like the way my day. old neighbor Glenn did it in his Volkswagen, about sixty five, back up and down the, the street, like. Yeah, there's no dirt yeah, stuck don't in you that just car. Dr- yeah. <laughs> don't you just drive your car around the block, and that's how that's you drive? Yeah. That's how yeah. you do it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Jeremy J. Frost asks, am I able to put a three-inch backing plate on a Roops 21 or a Garose 6-inch without sacrificing performance? His next question is, any way to bypass purchasing a three-inch polisher? So he's asking, mm. can you take the pad down, or 21, take the pad down to a three? Well, the better question is, why would you want to do that? Because if you're asking for a three-inch, you probably want to get pretty strategic because uh, you want to get in tight into a corner or something like that, and a large stroke machine does not is not efficient at that. Meaning, explain that. Explain that more. I'll try to give the visual. But um, if you wax your car and you're waxing your hood and you use very small, tight circles when you wax, you from, can, from side to side, you're you're doing a circular by hand. motion. Mm-hmm. You can get in tight into the edges of the hood and the cowl area and things like that. But if I said, okay, well, let's let's not do a real tight short stroke or orbit mm-hmm. of, of your hand let's do about a foot in diameter huge huge man that's not gonna fit you're gonna bash your fingernails right off and you hit your windshield wipers and you're not, you're gonna be getting wax in all the edges right mm-hmm. so it's not efficient to use a large orbiting motion or stroke despite in, the fact that the pad may be smaller the stroke right. is still the same size right uh secondly as an example in the rupes line the three inch plate weighs 24 grams. The 5-inch and 6-inch plate weigh 130 grams. Duh. Who doesn't know that? Yeah. Now, Come the engineer on, that designed the Larry, tool you know says that? you can feel Jeez. a difference of 5 grams in weight with our tool. 
Well, how do you think it's going to be with 105 grams of weight? It's going to be rocking and rolling, and yeah. it's not going to be any fun. It's dangerous. And finally, you cannot install it without putting an uh, extension because the counterbalance weight is so big, it actually comes up and out of the machine, and it would hit the normal backing plate. You'd have to extend it away. So it's really a bad idea. So the time and effort that you would need to do to make yeah. that work. So that machine, no. The Griots, the Porter Cable, the MT300, the G110s, all the typical... Eight millimeter throw strokes. machines. Yes, you can install a you know, five dollar to twenty five dollar three inch backing plate, and it'll work very well for those kind of uh, situations for three inch. Uh, it, it, it's well, not... one thing you know that detailers need to understand about these dual action tools is um, it's not a simple matter just swapping out backing plates, especially on a design tool like the Bigfoot tool, because the backing plate is actually integral to the counterweight assembly so the whole the whole engineering in that tool the backing plate's part of the counterweight and the whole balancing and the harmonics in the tool so you go taking that off and throwing some like you said a lot lighter smaller backing plate and you're going to throw off all of the engineering of that counterweight assembly mm -hmm. i think the good yeah. answer would be just by Kevin's new line of dentistry tools, mm -hmm. you know, well, with yeah, the extensions and you'll be able to go one, an one inch to three inch. Get an extreme visual of this. Imagine taking a, a handheld drill and putting a standard number two pencil in there and then turning on the machine with a, with a sharpened pencil lead, right? If you held the drill in place and put it on a piece of paper, it, it probably wouldn't draw a very big circle. It would just draw a little dot and it would grind down the graphite in the pencil, right? Mm-hmm. So then if you decided, well, that's okay, I'm going to take this pencil out and put it in the Rupes 21, the pencil lead, what's going to happen when you try to use that really tiny back, that pad? Well, let's say that takes the place of a pad. Let's say that you had, I'm with you. You had a, a pad the diameter of the pencil lead, and you turn on the machine. What is going to happen? How is that going to feel? Is it stable? Is it damaging? Is it putting tremendous stress on that pencil tip? Is it gouging your paint because all that polishing energy, meaning applied pressure, speed, force. What's it doing to the paint? I mean, it's it, it changes everything. So it's not always a good idea, even if you could make it work. Mm. Maybe you shouldn't. I, I, I think that mm. guy is not mm -hmm. going to go like, play with right. that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Why the three of we, we, spanked, we spanked him yeah. pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right, let's spank another person Hey, here. I just want to know, I get asked all the time about that. So Apparently, you knocked that one out of the park there, pal. All right, Paul Patrick. Good asks, visual. Yeah, I know. You're, you're like a, I don't know. You're <laughs> unbelievable. High school education, huh? Yeah. Well, like I said, it wasn't easy. Is it? <laughs> I, I didn't take three years of geometry for nothing. <laughs> He's like a savant over here. He's awesome. <laughs> All right, Paul Patrick asks, how many uh, Meg's microfiber cutting pads should you go through per car? I always have a problem with my pads, both microfiber and foam getting hot in the middle and slinging off, even melting the Velcro on the backing plates. What mm. am I doing wrong? Please mm. ask the guys to help me. Talk about that. We talked about that in our NXT class today. Yeah. Why or where the heat is focused on a rotary versus a random orbital. Right. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. You're teeing that up. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you, you, were, you were agreeing that you talked <laughs> was, about it today? Nice segue. Yeah, we did. Okay, yeah, we nice did. question. <laughs> we did. Wow. You guys do this all the time, right? <laughs> if you want to know more about it, come to September yeah. NXT. Oh. Wow. We are Johnny on the spot here. Yeah, so, 
Yeah, in the in the dual action orbital polishing process, it, the heat and friction, you know, is different than a rotary process. So that heat goes towards the center of the pad, and if you're applying lots of pressure and slow arm speed as you're using the dual action polisher, you can build up a lot of heat in, in that one area in the center of that vacuum plate. I think a lot of people don't, you know, it's, it's sometimes overlooked or not thought of. When you're using a rotary, you think, oh, I'm using a rotary, I feel the paint, it gets hot. The, you yeah. know, the I get that. And the, I think people go like, same thing with the DA. But the DA is actually, the heat is going upwards yeah. because of the, you know, talk more about the... Well, well it's, a, it's a violent side-to-side -side action. If you think of everything going on, there's, you know, counterweights going yeah, around. It's not where it's going. It's not going upward or downward. It's where is it being generated. Yeah, where is yeah, the origin. In this case, if you don't find a matched... And you've taught me this, Jason. So you, when you make a vacuum plate pad system, you integrate matched hook and loop. They're matched to to meld together or to hook together properly. So there's mm -hmm. not a lot of uh, motion, a lot of twisting, or a lot of looseness. Right? It's it's a very direct contact. Yeah, it's called synchronized engagement. So That's engagement what is yeah. what we <laughs> not, not synchronized swimming. <laughs> You know, hook and loop is, you know, an attachment system. So that engagement, if it's not synchronized, what happens is you get a little bit of, you know, movement and slop in there. And DA, if you look at it at the microscopic level or a very magnified level, it's a violent action going side to side and all over, jiggling all over the place. And if it's loose between the pad and the vacuum plate, it's a friction point. It's actually yes. like, it's like a bed yeah. of nails rolling around on a fabric material. And it's a friction point. You're going to generate heat. Yeah. So that's why he's burning. What did he say? He's burning. Uh, well, if he's melting, he's melting hook, hook, a lot of this hook material is nylon. And if he's melting hook, what's yeah. those what, are, what is he doing wrong? Is it? Well, the threshold and some of these nylon hooks are, are um, specced at 240 degrees Fahrenheit as a melting point. So he's generating a lot of heat. So... So that could be caused either from the wrong matchup from yeah. pad to backing plate, right? right. If I'm understanding that correctly. Wrong, yeah. you know, um, basically not using a system approach where the backing plate and the pad are synchronized. Um, or one of them's worn down, possibly. You know, like if you, take, if you take one pad and use it on three different tools with three different backing plates and the hook is not synchronized, you can rip out the loops. And if you continue to do that, the engagement gets very loose, oh. and then that will generate a lot of heat. Instead yeah, of the vacuum plate, it would be the vacuum of the pad. Yeah, and the and other then, thing is, is oh, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna well, say, too light on. a pressure or too heavy. Too light mm. a pressure, it's oh yeah, there's so much tremendous strain on the loops because they're hooked around the hooks, yeah. and they're doing everything they can to hold on to those hooks and there's they're being pulled on in every direction and mm -hmm. they will they will get ripped they will not become they'll be a loop and it'll look like i've actually seen it where i've magnified a pad or a disc that somebody says this will not stick anymore it's like okay let me take my magnifying loop and look at the loops well there's uh, no more loops yeah, they're torn. it looks as if somebody took a really small pair of scissors and snipped each individual loop into a little spaghetti strand the hook yeah. on the backing plate actually cut through or Put enough strain and broke those. Broke through the loop yeah. material. Yep. Yeah. So too light a pressure at high speed yeah. causes that. Too heavy causes it to dig and force and 
you know, imagine you have all this orbiting action and rotation and motion, and then these little sharp hooks made of nylon are just Grinding pushing through, trying yeah. to push this disc to continue to move yeah. it in a circular manner, and it cuts through that way. So there is a procedural issue or a mismatch issue. Another thing that can potentially happen is if you oversaturate a foam pad, let's say, um, like with a heavy compound, and yeah. you just completely saturate this foam pad, what you've effectively done is multiplied the weight of that pad by five or ten times its weight. So you think of that dual action going around, and it's it's engineered and spec'd at a certain mm -hmm. weight. You know, the backing plate in the pad is actually part of the counterbalance of the, the way the tool is supposed to work. So if you load a pad full of compound and it's heavy, heavy pad, and now it's the tool has got to move around this big, heavy thing, um, that can, engineered for that. Yeah, mm. it can generate a lot of heat that way. That's very, very interesting. Um, I'm going to throw you guys a curveball here. This is Barry Cook. He's uh, hello, Barry. He's uh, he's always commenting and whatnot. Nice guy. Hey, Barry. <laughs> it says I have listened to every one of Larry's podcasts and watched all the videos. Besides practicing to become a better detailer, what are some books or other things you guys recommend to learn uh, more to ensure? Uh, I'm making a profit and understand the business aspects of detailing. Thanks again, guys. Blah, blah, blah. So he's looking for books. He's looking for books, et cetera, information. anything, information to make sure that he's oh. profitable. Do you have any thoughts on that? Because obviously. Uh, look at his bank statement. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of red and zero. Scroll all the way <laughs> down, down, down to the bottom. bottom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's actually uh, very funny because that's like the running joke of people when they don't actually know their finances. They open it up and they're like, what's at the bottom line? Mm, it's green. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, red. So uh, at least, you know, my advice is uh, get a, a really good accountant. Uh, and certainly vet them. I've gone through probably six or seven accountants, and I'm pretty happy with the guy that I have now. But uh, once a month, I go in and, and have a conversation. You know, you gotta whatever his hourly is, you got to do what you got to do. But you go in and you discuss and make sure, uh, you know, your margins and everything are in 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 check. order in check. If you don't know, I I talk about this a lot. I know you've probably seen me do the things at M MTE. If you don't know your numbers uh, as well as you do the detailing. I kind of yeah. think you're doing a disservice to your family or whoever or yourself. Right. You know, you got to know, you got to know a lot about numbers. And I think we focus, and even this podcast and even the videos and everything I do is 99.9999% like, so how do we use a cool tool and how do we polish paint or whatever? Yeah. And that is important, but it's a very small aspect because you could be doing that forever, breaking your, your back and not making any money. Yeah. How do I make a living like that, using like, all those tools? Of course, of course. So, I mean, I don't I think there's totally one agree. book. I think there's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books. Um, but I think if I could go back, if, he was, if somebody asked me, hey, what would you do if you went back to college? I would definitely take law and I would definitely uh, get a degree or something in accountant, accounting. Finance yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like if or hire a good, very good CPA. You know, some people just don't like myself. I'm, I don't like the financial side. I don't like counting counting dollars. I don't like looking at expenses. I don't like that part. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely, your suggestion's a good one, is hire hire somebody to do that for you, to really pay attention to the numbers. Um, but then there's some of you that are in business and you're okay with numbers. And um, a lot of detailers just simply go about their business every day and they don't do what I call scorecarding, where they just look at the numbers side of their business. How much how much time are we taking to do 
these jobs that we're doing. Um, how much money do we bring in actually doing the math, you know? And you have to do it non-emotionally. Yeah. That's a big yeah. thing with me. Th this is not personal. It has nothing to do with, oh, I just love what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm very happy yeah. you love what you're doing, but look at the numbers like a doctor or whatever. Exactly. It, no emotions. What it, yeah. what it is what it is. Take it good and the bad, and then you can adjust we it. We did 10 cars this week, and yeah. we got this much income. If you're not paying the bills, you got to change your program. Right. Yeah. As much yeah. as you love. that. That's the kind of weird thing about detailing. People love it so much, they're willing to break their back, and then, Oh, I didn't really get paid for it, so oh, whatever. I love what yeah, I do. I'm passionate that's, about it. It's great, and that's awesome. That is awesome, but at the same time, you got to get paid. So there's no full answer on that one. Uh, let's do one or two more because we are rounding uh, third right now. We're at an hour exactly. Uh, let's listen. I'm curious about some of the would-be products that never made it to market. <laughs> products like ammo foundation coating, waterless washes. Are they still in development? Yes. Next question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Straight to the point. Um, Can you think of any products offhand that just were an idea but never really went to market? Or? Dude, that's well, your side of the deal. There's lots of stuff I can't talk about. I was, oh, I was, I was okay. like, <laughs> I got real quiet. I'm like, hmm, I'm going to listen to this here. Oh, we're, we're not, we're, we're not recording anymore. Yeah. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. All right. How about we do uh, one last question here? What are the, and we'll have it on a, on a fun note here, what are the most impressive cars you've ever worked on collectively or whatever? You, sir. Oh, Jason? Impressive? The, the most, most impressive cars you've ever worked on. Well, I think the highlight for me was that um, 35 Duesenberg that mm. we, we did in Dallas. Uh, that was a total highlight. Impressive to me personally. I don't know about anybody else, but it, I mean, it, it eventually sold for almost $4 million, so that's impressive. Hmm. It's pocket change. What are you going to do? <laughs> you have more than you can probably. My, I think my favorite to date was the uh, Bugatti with it, Van Vuren, the 1939 one of one, Prince of Persia. Oh, I got yeah, to do with yeah. Mike Stoops. Yeah. Was that at the, that museum? It was at Peterson Museum, and then it was on stage at SEMA for McGuire's, in McGuire's booth, two, in their booth three years ago. Yeah. The what irony is... a spectacular is, car. It was gorgeous. I did an intro to another video for the Peterson Museum in front of that car, and I was like, oh, that thing is amazing. That's just, that's Dude. like the the fifth time tonight we're like, wait, what? You're my brother from another mother. I, I, it's unbelievable. <laughs> we have this weird thing this going small on. Small circles are going around, man. It's what weird. about you? There is numerous. Dan Webb at SEMA. Oh, wow. Hand-built cars, hand-formed panels, interiors that blow your mind. Um, the Wedge, the Golden Submarine. A company such as Porsche, the 959, when it came out, oh, even today yeah. that car is very capable and can compete with the world's best. I mean, hot rods. You see some guys, uh, um, guy Mike Normile up in Northern California, nobody knows about him. You look at his work and say, why are you not turning this into art? This is art. You, mm -hmm. The... the there's so much beautiful work on cars. I couldn't say the most impressive. The ones that I wanted to work on the most, yeah, the 959. That was the one. Mm -hmm. I would have done that car for free. I even told the guy I would have done that car for free. He's like, that's my car. Like, well, let's get a quote on that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, or, uh, yeah, so I guess part of it's, you know, if you built a lot of models when you were a car and you built 57 Chevys and you see one that's done right, that's impressive, mm -hmm. you know. So I guess it depends. It's it's an emotional attachment. Yeah. But, but you look at the, the Chip Foose. I mean, look at the imposter. Yeah, you imposter. talk about if you say, "Hey, what are some of the best craftsmen in the world?" I'd say, "Well, what do you mean by that?" Well, how many categories 
of craft is this person good in, like exceptionally good in. He has to be in the top three in the world for any craft of any type, be it car-related or not. The guy can come up with a design in his mind, pencil it down, and then sculpt it out of clay, paint it, then go ahead and start welding the parts, shape them, yeah, paint it, it, sand it, buff it. It's incredible. How can you not be impressed with that car when you see it? And I'm telling him, I'm saying, I'm not trying to kiss up to you. This is the kind of car should be in the Smithsonian one day. You look at the fit and finish on this car, you are tremendous. This is insanity. Mm. The bumpers fit perfect. It's all hand-formed. So I guess it's an attachment to the people, like Dan Webb, like Chip Foose. Yeah, we've the been... crew that did the 959. I don't know them, but you know what I mean. It, mm. it, there's, it's just too hard to say. I mean, if you had met the people that did the Duesenberg or the Bugatti, you would be so in love with yep. that whole idea. You know, so I guess it really comes down to what, which cars impressed you as a kid, or which ones you you had a connection to the people, or you got to work on, or you saw it for the first time and said, "Oh my gosh, that's incredible." John D'Agostino, he has cars that are phenomenal. I know some of the. Uh, you know, some people are, some crews of details are tight with him, but it's just, it's endless. It's endless what's mm. out there. Mm. Yeah. For me, it's one of the first uh, Porsches ever made where they, back in the day, you know, they didn't have uh, standard ways to make uh, fenders or whatever. At, at that point, you know, a lot of those companies, Porsche, Ferrari, they just, they put metal on the outside so you didn't get wet. You, you know what I mean? That, that, mm. that it was a function. It was yeah. a function. It wasn't like a, it was just like to keep the wind off of you. You know what I mean? It was a motor and wasn't wheels. something to look good at. Yeah. yeah. And uh, this particular one has hammered, you know, hammer marks. You can actually see all the dimples from when they. Oh, that's yeah, it's incredible, that's right? What's one? The copper. The copper the car. The copper car. Remember that from Eastern Europe? Those guys? Yeah. Was guys. it all hammered out? No, yes. it was 40 Ford. Mm. A, a 40 Ford. Yeah. All it copper. It wasn't copper plated, it was copper. Solid copper. Sheets Body. that was formed into a forty Ford, and it was hand hammered and shaped. Yeah. But could you still see the dimples from the underneath? You could. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, we had it in this in the Ford booth at SEMA, right yes, next to sir. Dan Webb's car. The wedge. And they yep. uh, they it showed up, and the two men that had shaped the car were there, and uh, they asked somebody asked us, "Can we help sand the car to get some of the deeper scratches out?" And Derek's like, "Don't do it, Kevin. Don't do yep. it. Just tell them and give them the stuff. Let's get it. We got fifty cars. Don't do it. Don't do it." But that was a car I would have loved to turn into like a brand new penny. And we could have done it. In like five days. Yeah. (laughs) With all five of us. But somebody took copper sheets like, here, turn this into a 19. I got a pallet of copper over there for you. I need to turn it into a 44. Two guys. Two guys did that. Yeah. Amazing. I'm sure that was a really cheap car, huh? Yeah, yeah. Covered in copper. Yeah. Lined in gold and diamonds. Wow. But when you said hand hammered, that's what brought to mind that car. That was my favorite thing because it didn't even have paint on it. That's how old. Now, was that the, the the Continental, the 356 Continental? Yeah, it's an old, old school uh, okay. 356 somebody owns. Wow. Um, all right, moving on. We are, we are at an hour. Let's do some plugs. I always, I'm going to call you Jason Brown. Jason Brown to my right. <laughs> <laughs> so who do you work for again? <laughs> You're not wearing enough McGuire stuff on you. McGuire's.com. Right oh, you actually did that. Yes. What that dot com? What do you mean? You've done that slogan or something? No, I know how much you like when somebody says that. Oh, McGuire's dot com. Did you really do the dot com <laughs> thing? It's like W W W W W World Wide Web. That's so eighties. No, no, H T T P. Backslash backslash all lowercase. Backslash. Forgot the colon. Right. 
All right, Mr. Works. Uh, you can reach me at detailworks.net or on Facebook at detailworks. That, that was it. That was it. <laughs> I don't like that one. See us. What are, you gotta give, you gotta I had give to say dot .net. Dot .net. That's true. You do have to say it. <laughs> when it's, when it's dot .net, you have to say it. That's, that's the rule. Uh, where are you located uh, in terms of detailing? Because people ask me all the time. All... Oh, um, located in South Orange County. You can uh, reach me at area code 714-393-5915 or... Or prank him. Yeah, prank me. Yeah, I, I guarantee you'll get phone calls. That's great. Fantastic. <laughs> and, and the thing is, I have the power to edit this, but I'm not. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> He's going to let me hang myself, aren't you? That's right. So, <laughs> I was listening to you on the thing. Click. <laughs> Never. Yes. Never. And uh, Buff Daddy. No, uh, what am I calling you? Um, what did I say? Jason Brown? So, uh, sure. so Kevin Rose. Kevin Rose. Oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. I thought you were Larry earlier. Well, I'm, uh, I, I'm around on Facebook on several of the detailing groups, and I have a website, buffdaddy.com. There you go. Little, all lowercase. And you can buy tools and machines. Yeah. And all the, all the, little, the, yeah. The, the tools in the video that we're going to show after this. So if you haven't seen the video, I'm going to post it you know, relatively soon after this uh, podcast goes up. You can see all the crazy... Strategic well, polishing tools. Yes. Devices or utensils oh, device. or some yeah. kind of... <laughs> and you can uh, catch our show on the East Coast, mm-hmm. <laughs> the NXT training event in Moncton, Maryland, September 24th, 5th, 6th, and 7th. And just, just contact you through Facebook, et cetera. Yeah, it's the best. Or text message me. I'm get, Thanks to you, mm. in part, and in large part, Larry, I get a lot of phone calls about... And sometimes these calls can take an hour, hour and a half, so... You know, I can't get to everyone right away, but the text messaging works really well because I can be back and forth while I'm talking, and and we can set up a time to chit chat about machines and training events and things like that. And what's Larry really like? (laughs) 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 What's he really like? Is his hair really like that? Yeah. (laughs) How much time does he spend? (laughs) Yeah. So I want to give a real quick shout out to Rod Kraft, who is going to be one of our instructors for the NXT, and he's going to be a great addition on that East one in September. Rod's a, a trainer for McGuire's, been for many years, and I'm really looking forward to working with him on the NXT staff. You guys are both going, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, right. and Mike Stoops will be there too, but you know Rod will be an additional instructor and kind of a. An, he did one with us back in, what was it, 2005? He did 2004, the 2000. first one. Right? Yeah. Oh, no, second one. 2005. He did yeah. the second one. Yeah, at the Nethercut Collection. But I'm really looking for. He's a great guy, great instructor, lots of knowledge. It's I just thought cool. of something because yeah. it's on the East Coast. I'm going to drive my car down. And we can do a, we can detail it. Awesome. That would be fun. Project Bring it car. down. I get free labor. I mean, it would be awesome. You got two black cars. <laughs> <laughs> you have an Impala. Yes. Well, oh, no, that, it's gray now. Well, no, it's it's, it's still black, but it's... it's Covered in that coating. That oh, we could up. shine that up. Yeah, yeah. How to how to clean a little water polishing action. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're gonna use that new thirty six grit disc. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, don't wash <laughs> your car with water, but you could sure polish it with it. Yeah, <laughs> 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 we did a lot of that. Oh boy. On that note, I want to thank uh, the guys for uh, for coming by and, and chatting. As always, it's uh, we got a, a really good team of smart guys, and it's fun uh, hanging out with them. On uh, on the, my side, uh, AmmoNYC.com, we have a new website. Go and check it out. We've done a lot of work, and I'm changing it and putting it back and messing around with it. Like, uh, like uh, you know, every new website, there's always something you want to change. So check it out. 
uh, give me some feedback and uh, check out the video in a couple of weeks on, uh, on ammonyc.com. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time.